This is the City of Refuge, Thomaston, Georgia, Sunday Morning Podcast. So like I said, I changed my sermon up. The reason I did that is because, you know, I was digging into the Word and I... It's not like I wasn't coming up with anything, but it's because too much was coming out of the Bible. It was like, you know, I was just too much to handle. And uh, so I decided that that's kind of what I'm going to make my sermon about this morning, is that this Bible is so full. It's so full that I could never give it all to you. You could never give it all to you. But uh, me, Dad, Jimmy, Anton, Sherwin, any preacher on any Sunday certainly could never give it all to you on one Sunday, right? Because the Bible is living water. It's, it's alive. It will be forever giving stuff to you. The Bible is not a book of just like a fiction like book that you go get out of the library or even a work in nonfiction about history because you can pick that apart completely and get everything out of it. But the Bible, you cannot get everything out of it. And so when I was reading and stuff, I just kept getting these things and I was, I was writing it down. I was like, oh, I can say something about this. And then other stuff was coming out and I was like, that's too much. You know, I can't really put two and two together. And it was just overwhelming because if I wasn't not coming up with anything. I was just getting so much. The Lord was just giving me so much. And then finally, when I got up that Friday night, I thought, well, why don't I just tell him that? You know, because really, when it comes to the word, you got to be getting into it. I can't just get into it or dad or whoever can't just get into it and give it to you. You've got to have your own personal relationship with God that's really that's really what it boils down to because even on a Sunday morning which God works in a lot of ways he'll give you what he wants to give you in a lot of different ways he'll give it to you on a Sunday morning you know I'm not saying you don't come in here and get filled up with some of the word on a Sunday morning you certainly do he'll also give it to you you know when you come to class on Friday nights you know He works in that way, too. Like I was saying in the class, you know, when Dad and Jimmy were talking, I was learning a whole lot. You know, that's another way. But two days out of the week of somebody else giving you the word is not enough. So it's really up to you to get up and do your devotion or get up and spend your own time with God because you have to develop that personal relationship. And you still won't get to the bottom of it. You won't get to the bottom of it. It's so full. And I was, um, hold on, I don't want to lose control here. Briggs, let's go ahead and uh, pull up uh, my little smiley face picture. So this, all right, that's funny, right? So I got like smiley faces and stuff up here. Believe it or not, It is actually getting easier for you to get into the Word. Technology is getting better, which 
a lot of in a lot of ways is a bad thing. But it's not all bad. Does anybody in here know what an emoji is? Everybody? Now, I don't know. I hate to call anybody out, a particular group, but my senior adults might not all know what an emoji is. But it's these faces, and there's a whole lot more of them that you can send through text messages and stuff. So you got the smiley face, like if my wife texts me and says that uh, she's on her way home and she just picked Everly up, I might text her back and say, great, love you, smiley face, because I'm excited to see my daughter. Or, you know, you got your sad face, you got your mad face, you got your worried-looking face. So you've got an application on your phone that you can download, and it is literally the Holy Bible. On the front, it says the Holy Bible. Now, it wasn't all that long ago, and I'm sure a lot of people can vouch for me, that you did not have that barely had good internet, and when you were feeling some type of way, you had to go get in the Bible, and you had to flip through all the pages, and you might be looking for something to speak to you, and looking looking for a certain verse. You may be angry, and you're just trying to flip through the Bible and find something that's going to comfort you, all right? But on the Bible app, it's pretty cool. Where's my phone? Hold on. I need my phone. On the Bible app, when you go to the search, hold on, I got it all up in my jacket. This is what you see. So it will literally ask you how you are feeling. And so you've got the smiley face, you've got the mad face, you've got the sad face, and you've got the worried face. So you can click on the mad face, all right? Anybody ever been mad? All right, so you click on the mad face. I know y'all can't read that. I don't know why I'm showing it to you. But when you click on the mad face, it gives you options. One of them is angry, annoyed, attacked, disrespected, frustrated, hateful, hostile, irrational, jealous, enraged. That covers a whole range of the emoji mad face. So if you're upset about something, Anton's laughing at me. Hey, let me go ahead and put this out here. This is not going to be emotional from here on out. This is just a simple truth I'm bringing to y'all, all right? It don't always, we, I think we've all shed enough tears today, right? Already, it's 1140, right? So I'm just bringing y'all some simple truth and letting y'all know that it really ain't that hard for you to get into your own work. Because I know plenty of people who don't even read the Bible who call themselves a Christian. Don't even really read the Bible. It's kind of ridiculous, don't you? Ridiculous. Ridiculous, don't you think? All right, but you can click on this. I'm trying to help, help, help some of y'all out. That's why I'm doing this. You can click on angry. All right, so you click the mad face in the description angry. So then once you've clicked on the mad face in the description angry, a whole list of verses pop up. You don't have to flip through the pages and try to find it. They'll find it for you. All right. So the first verse, uh-oh, good Lord, I did something real bad. So the first verse you got right here is 2 Timothy 1.7. And it says, that precious memory triggers another, your honest faith and a rich faith it is, handed down from your grandma, what the heck am I reading? Hold on. This ain't, the, okay, okay. <laughs> I was reading it, I wasn't even thinking about what I was reading. 
right, Second Timothy one. For for the Spirit of God gave us does for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self discipline. So if you're angry, you can click on you can go to the word and immediately see that God says that he does not make us timid, but he gives us love and self-discipline. That already might make you calm down a little bit. And then you can click out of that, and the next verse says, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. So if you're angry, it might be a good thing to get in the word and let God remind you that you've been called to peace. And it might start cooling you off, right? So you, it's just really beneficial to have something like this. So let's get out of our angry face, all right? Let's go to our sad face. Our sad face, when you click on it, you get descriptions about ashamed, depressed, discouraged, forgotten, hopeless, hurt, lonely, sad, sick, and tired. That's a lot of descriptions for the sad face, right? Anybody ever been sad? Anybody ever been depressed? Felt forgotten, hurt, lonely, sad, sick, tired? All right. Let's click on ashamed. You ever felt ashamed about something you did? So here, right here, is a perfect example of why the word never runs dry. It's never going to run dry for you. Because these verses at different times in your life, depending on what you're going through, might speak differently to you, but it might be the same exact verse. Because, again, in this list, when I click on a shame, 2 Timothy 1 pops back up in the list. And it says, for the Spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us love and self-discipline. It comes back up. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He lets us know that we can be forgiven. He will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. If you're feeling ashamed, it's probably because of something sinful you've done or are doing or whatever. But he, he reminds you that he'll forgive you. If you confess your sins and... He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's really not that hard. And I'll tell you another thing that you can do, because I know Dad said one time that, you know, you can, you can take a verse and make it, you know, what you want to make it. You know, like, uh, I can do all things through Christ. But if you take it out of context, then it's kind of, you can click on read the full chapter. So not, it doesn't just give you that verse. You can click to read the full chapter. If you click on this verse and you say, I really like this verse, I want to know more. You can click and see what the whole chapter is about so that you know the context, who God's dealing with in that chapter or whatever, and just learn more. It's a really easy way to learn. It's getting easier. It's not getting harder. All right, so let's click out of our sad face. Let's go to our worried face, which is the, I don't know why his head looks cold or whatever. He might, I mean, he might be cold, I don't know. But when you click on your worried looking face, it says abandoned. I know some people right now who probably have a feeling of abandonment. 
afraid, anxious, confused, lost, nervous, overwhelmed, stressed, uncomfortable, and worried. Now, I know that hits home for a lot of people. Got a lot of people who are worried, uncomfortable, feel overwhelmed. And you can just get in here and it's going to ask you how you're feeling. And you can come right to it. And the Lord can hit you if you, if you click confused. If you're feeling confused, he can hit you immediately without having to flip through the pages. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Immediately. You don't have to flip. I mean, it's just so wonderful. And up here it says, what does the Bible say about? So if you're in it, that's just a picture, so it won't scroll. But you can actually scroll over past marriage. So it says love, peace, faith, healing, marriage, resurrection, Fear, strength, hope, anxiety, forgiveness, joy, children, trust, prayer, grace, wisdom, worry, anger, Holy Spirit. It don't get much easier than that, does it? It really don't. And you can click. So what does the Bible say about Holy Spirit? You can click on it and the same thing happens. All these verses come up. And so... Does anybody, has anybody ever felt like, oh, God's not speaking to me? You ever pray for something to be answered and you think, you know, God, speak to me. In all likelihood, 99% of the time, he's already spoken to you. He wrote you a letter. You just got to open it up. And read it. Is that simple? That's a simple truth. It's simple. You got to read it for yourself sometimes. You say, God, speak to me. And you wait for the deep voice of God to say something. He may do it. I'm not saying he ain't going to do it. But sometimes we get confused on what God speaking to you is. It's living water. He's going to give it to you if you're willing. He says, okay, I'll speak to you if you're willing to open up your word and hear what I got to tell you. God, speak to me, but I'm, late, but I'm too lazy to, to go read it. You don't get both. Stephen, wake up. <laughs> I've always wanted to call somebody out. Just like <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I made the <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're feeling sleepy. Let's click on it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't even know where to go after that. I didn't got myself confused. But it's just really great to know that this will never run dry. You can come to it, and you can drink this water until you're full. But there's still more water even when you're full. And when you've digested the word and you need more water, there's more water. It's never going to be empty. It's the well that never runs dry. And if you, if you 
are somebody who just doesn't read your word or develop your own personal relationship with God, then I just feel really sorry for you. Because the reason I would say I feel really sorry for you is, uh, Briggs, can you pull up our verse? I feel really sorry for you because in Luke chapter 13, verses 23 through 30, I'm actually going to read a little bit previous, but I just had Briggs put those verses up because I'm going to hit on those the most. But I'm going to start a little bit behind because a little bit of what I was going to talk about, you know, when I deleted my stuff was, you know, God's kingdom picture and that it's, you know, not segregated because you get a lot of these. I actually heard a conversation between two people one time that, and this is, a lot of y'all are going to be like, huh? How are there even still people alive who think this way? But it was a white guy and a black guy talking. And uh, the white guy was saying, um, you know, I think it's appropriate that, you know, we have our kind of churches and y'all have y'all's kind of churches because we worship differently. You know, you have your type of worship. People are still alive who think this way. You have your type of worship, and, you know, we have our type of worship. <laughs> really? Do y'all not remember when uh, David and Carmen Menzies were here from Jamaica? Maybe not everybody does, but they, they were the people up here talking that you couldn't really understand, if that rings a bell. But anyways, Carmen come up here, and she talked about that they're from a different place. You know, they were from Jamaica, and that they're type of worship was kind of different than the way our type of worship was but she stood up here and displayed her type of worship and I mean it didn't really have anything to do with music she was just proclaiming stuff she was just in here proclaiming stuff to the Lord and I mean I felt I mean it was one of the best worship moments we've had in here and she's from she's from Jamaica she's from far off and her type of worship came in here and filled the house To the point where I'm still talking about it. But anyways. So where I'm starting is a little bit sooner than that. It says somebody asked Jesus and he said they were asking him about what the kingdom looks like. And Jesus said, how can I picture God's kingdom for you? What kind of story can I use? It's like a pine nut. And in other versions, say the mustard seed that a man plants in his front yard. It grows into a huge pine tree with thick branches and eagles build nests in it. And in the NIV version, it says the same thing about the tree growing up and it says that all the birds can nest in it. It doesn't say that blue jays can nest in it. Everybody can nest in it. So the kingdom of God is a place where our faith grows up. Like in a building like this that was dead, for quite some time, it grew up, and all types of people can come and build their nests in it and be a part of it. Nobody's cast out. If you come through the door and you're poor, you're rich, you're homeless, you come in half naked, we're probably going to put some clothes on you, but we're not going to kick you out, right? Anyways, 
So then it says that Jesus tried again. How can I picture God's kingdom? It's like the yeast that a woman works into enough dough for three loaves of bread and waits while the dough rises. And in the NIV version, it says that works their hands into the dough until it makes like 60 pounds or something. So not only is the kingdom a big picture like that of people mixed in because there's no type of segregation or worship, whatever that conversation was that was just dead. Not only is it that, but it's also work. You know, it's not just coming here on Sunday, coming here on Friday, whatever. You know, we do a lot for our kids. We do a lot with donations. I mean, you can ask Anton, you can ask Austin, anybody who helps me. There's a lot. Stephen, if I'm leaving you left out, I do apologize, but I'm not going to list everybody because all y'all help pretty good. We got some good volunteers around here. It's a lot of work, you know, especially on Friday nights with the kids. The kids are nuts. But the kingdom is not easy. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of working your hands into some dough so that you can make. Now, listen, not so that you can eat it, so that you can serve it. Make it. Work it for others. Bless some people. That's what our kingdom is all about. It's not about what we can get. It's not about us sitting in here on a Sunday and me feeding you. Yeah, that's one way, but you got to feed yourself. You got to work the dough. You got to feed other people. Stop with the give me mentality. You got to give somebody something. Y'all remember last Sunday, Dad was talking about the lady from Nicaragua where she lived, how broke she was, the situation she was living in, how bad it was, and she was blessing him. It doesn't matter what your situation is. If you're dead broke, you still don't deserve to have the give me this mentality. You should still be thinking, what can I do for others? Anyways. So then it says right here, a bystander said, Master, will only a few be saved? And Jesus said, whether few or many is none of your business, put your mind on your life with God. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires your total attention. A lot of you are going to assume that you'll sit down to God's salvation banquet just because you've been hanging around the neighborhood all your lives. Well, one day you're going to be banging on the door, wanting to get in, but you'll find the door locked. And the master saying, sorry, you're not on my guest list. And in other versions it says, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. And you'll protest but we've known you all our lives, only to be interrupted with his abrupt, your kind of knowing can hardly be called knowing. You don't know the first thing about me. That's when you'll find yourselves out in the cold, strangers to grace, watching Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets march into God's kingdom. You'll watch outsiders stream in from east, west, north, and south and sit down at the table of God's kingdom. And all the time you'll be outside looking in, wondering what happened. This is the great, this is the great reversal. The last in line put to the head of the line and the so-called first ending up last. That's really powerful. <clears throat> 
It says a lot of you will assume that you'll sit down to God's salvation banquet just because you've been hanging around the neighborhood all your lives. The types of people I'm thinking about hanging around the neighborhood all your lives are the people who just think that it's completely okay to come to church on Sunday, hear what somebody's got to tell you, maybe show up on Fridays or whatever and sit through the class, and then that's, that's, that's what you get out of it. That's how much God's given you. And you're not developing your own personal relationship. You're going to assume because you've been hanging around the neighborhood. That's hanging around the neighborhood. It's up to you to get in here and develop your own personal relationship. Because he says, I don't know you. You got to get to know him. I can't, I, I can't do that. You got to introduce yourself. You got to pray to him, accept Jesus, and worship him, and have your own personal relationship, because there's too much. There's too much that not, I couldn't give it to you anyways. So why would you not go get into it for yourself and get as much as you can get out of it, and he'll keep giving it to you, and I guarantee you, you'll be forever grateful. Your life will change immensely. You might get hit with some challenges because it seems to me like sometimes the devil's got certain people where he wants them. Anybody feel like sometimes maybe the devil's not attacking you? That may not go for anybody in this room. But if the devil's got you right where he wants you, he may not attack you. If he's got you, he, may, he doesn't care if you go to church on Sunday. He, don't, he does not care if you go to church on Sunday. That's one of the things that I was hearing Dad and Jimmy talk about in Friday night class. He don't care. If you just go to church on Sunday and you just live your life after that, doing whatever you do, then he's got you right where he wants you. Because you you're not doing anything. He doesn't want you to do anything. The devil doesn't want you to grow up in Christ and start doing something. So going to church on Sunday is probably not a big deal to him if you're not doing anything else. But I guarantee you that if you start digging into your word and start developing your relationship with Christ and start serving and doing stuff for other people or whatever, he's probably going to hit you with, the devil's probably going to start attacking you. But you know what? The more you dig into here, the more you're ready for him. The more you can hit him back. And I see... That's another thing that we were talking about in the Friday night class is that it happens all the time. People decide they're going to change their lives up because they've heard the calling. And then all of a sudden, bad stuff starts happening in their lives. But in the long run, it was all working for the better. But it seemed tough at the time. You know, we got to start manning up and doing something. You know, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to do stuff, develop stuff for our kids and our youth and our adults and just outreach, 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 outreach. It's not just about this room. I'll tell you, this room depresses me when nobody's in it. This old faded, or I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings who likes it, but the old faded orange carpet and the dark walls and everything, and I work in here most of the time by myself, the building depresses me, but it's not about the building. It doesn't depress me when the people are in it, when the kids are in it. When we're eating over in the gym and people are 
having a community time and hanging out and we're having our classes and we're doing stuff and we're throwing a Matthew party in the front yard, that's when it feels good. It's not about the building and it's not about one Sunday a week. If your faith is based off what other people do for you, then I hate to say it, but God help you. Our ministry is all about what we can do for other people, not ourselves. And it is 12 o'clock. I was done anyways, but 12 o'clock sounds like a great time. It was like perfect. Um, But anyways, I hope I didn't confuse anybody on anything. Uh, A lot of y'all probably knew about the Bible app. If you didn't, download it and use it. It also reads to you. If you're on your lawnmower, you can put some headphones in and click play, and this dude with a nice smooth voice will read to you while you're on the mower. All right? <laughs> Lord, thank you for the time that we've had together this morning. Lord, thank you for just being with me, Lord, and the worship team this morning. And thank you for being in the house, Lord. Thank you, thank you for what you did during our worship time. Lord, and we're stepping up in big faith, Lord, and believing that what you're going to do in the Herring family, Lord, is just going to be tremendous, Lord. And we know it is, Lord, and we just love you, and we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I thank you for everybody in this house, and I lift up any other needs in the house this morning, Lord. Anybody going through tough financial situations, Lord, or just anything is struggling in some sort of sinful way, Lord, I just lift all these people up to you, Lord. And I pray that they, anybody who's not, Lord, that they just heard the word and they can begin to develop their own personal relationship with you, Lord. It just feels so great. It just really does, Lord. We thank you for this, Lord. And I pray that we can all go in peace, Lord, covered by your peace, power, provision, and protection, Lord, and be safe, Lord. Again, we want to lift up Dad as he's on his return from Jamaica this morning, Lord. And we just thank you for all this stuff, Lord. Jesus, amen.